the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. Did you catch what I'm saying? And so I want to try to keep doing that, knowing that they'll probably do, I hope they would do that. They would give me a do-over. I want to put them back in the position they're in before they hurt me so I can still have some bit of an influence in their life if I possibly can. So I don't want to be in bondage to them in the past. Love keeps no record of the wrongs that have happened to us. I don't want to have unforgiveness become a chain on my soul that drags me down. I don't want to, every time I, I hear their name, get nauseous any longer. I want to hear their name and say, Lord, you love them. You can and would forgive them. You want me to do that. And so, Lord, what good can come from whatever's happened? doesn't mean, again, put the sign of kick me on your back. Number three, forgiving others comes with tremendous benefits. I want to talk about the benefits in a moment, but in your margin, I wrote this. It's not in your notes, but I also said this. Unforgiveness also comes with tremendous consequences if I don't. So I want you to know it's a two-edged sword. If I do it, there's benefits. If I don't, there's consequences. Let's go and look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. For if you forgive men or others when they sin against you, so you're not denying that that pain was sinful. You're, you're calling what it is. It's sin. They broke the moral law of God. They, they broke and disobeyed God, knowingly or unknowingly. So you're calling it a sin. Then it says, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Why? If you forgive them, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. So the tremendous benefit is you will experience the forgiveness of the Lord. The terrible consequence will be the God of the universe in Christ will not forgive you. Now here's where I have to make something especially clear to you. Some of you will say, well, I thought when I trusted Christ, my sins are forgiven and I, I, I don't have to worry about it and he's forgiven me, I'm going to heaven. Does that mean now I, I lose my salvation? Does that mean he, he stops forgiving me and so now I'm back underneath whatever good deeds I need to now start doing again to keep his favor? I use this illustration a lot and you've seen it. And those of you that are listening on radio, you might not be able to, to pick this up and I'm going to try to speak it as I'm showing this because I need to explain the, the difference here about the forgiveness of God and the sin. So we're going to let my left hand, picture it in your mind, you that are just listening. Let my right hand represent you and me. And let my wallet here that I'm holding up, that my wallet's going to represent our sin. It doesn't matter what kind of sin, it's our sin, all right? So now I put my wallet on my right hand, indicating that I'm a sinner by nature and choice. 
I was born in iniquity, all right? I have a sin nature. I, by that sin nature, I make choices that are sinful. So here am I as a sinner. The Bible says, because I'm a sinner by nature and choice, I am already separated from God. And when I die, I'll spend a horrible separation from God in a horrible place that the Bible calls hell. Because I'm a sinner. Some not as bad, some a lot worse, doesn't matter. You break the law in one point, you're guilty of the whole thing, Scripture says. You've got to be perfect. The Bible says that in order to go to heaven, I have to be without sin of any kind, as righteous as God. It's said a little bit with tongue-in-cheek because we know that we can never be that way. On the other hand, it's not tongue-in-cheek because we do need to be perfect to go to heaven, but we ourselves can never be perfect enough or good enough to get to heaven or as good as God or as perfect as God, letting us know how hopelessly lost we are. And he's not finished yet. He says, no matter how many good deeds you want to pile upon that, so here am I still with the wallet on my right hand representing sin on me. I can pile up a lot of good things on top of that, whether they're social or whether they're religious, i got a problem because I'm still a sinner. Now let my left hand represent God who took on flesh. Jesus Christ, and I mean that reverently. Left hand represents Christ, right hand represents you and me, wallet represents sin. Notice what I'm doing with the sin. I'm putting it between my two hands representing that my sin separates me from Christ. Now, if I flip it up this way, my hand now is representing heaven. My sin separates me from going to heaven to be with him forever. So I don't have an eternal relationship with him any longer. I will not be in heaven. I have a sin problem right here. I'm getting to the forgiveness part. In Acts and Colossians, it talks about when Jesus died on the cross and he rose again, that it was the concept of forgiveness. If you remember the thief on the cross, you know, he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. The thief said, forgive, or Jesus said to those that were betting for his clothes, forgive them for they know not what they do. The concept of Jesus Christ forgiving us. The whole Old Testament issue with the lamb and setting out the goat and all of that forgiveness, the releasing, all right? So look what happens now. Jesus took all my sin on himself. He died and he rose again. Now here's where forgiveness comes in. He now says, your sins are gone. They were on Christ. It's been released to you. All your sins are paid for. Both Acts and Colossians say again, all of our iniquities have been paid for. We've been forgiven of all things which the law can never forgive us for. Nothing can be done that will get us to heaven because our sin is paid for. So now, why would he say, if you don't forgive, God doesn't forgive you? Because he's talking about two separate concepts right here. The first concept is the one I just shared with you. You are forgiven of all sin. So when you die as a Christian, as a blood-bought, born-again believer in Christ alone, then he says, your sins are forgiven, you have a home in heaven, and that's called positional truth. Now, in this world that we live, the world that I live in, while my sins are paid for to get me to heaven, I'm forgiven of all of those sins, I still have the day-to-day -day life. So it's not just about the sweet by and by. It's a lot about the nasty here and now. And so now he says, in this world, though, you need to have his forgiveness. That's why 1 John 1.9 says that we are to confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of all sins and, and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And at this point in my study of Scripture, I do not believe that's speaking to those who um, are lost, that they need to confess their sin in order to go to heaven. But I do believe it's for believers to confess their sin so they can have this intimacy with the Lord, a whole fellowship uh, concept. And that forgiveness comes when we recognize we have sinned. Now, um, stay with me now. So that train then goes back to when someone offends me, then I need to forgive them, all right? And so I'm confessing my sin, and I'm forgiven. So that's why when someone comes to you and they've sinned, and you're going to forgive them, you need to do that, because if you don't, you won't be forgiven, not for heaven, but for that 
time of intimate relationship with Jesus Christ that he so much had. Now think for just a moment. If we still are regarding a grudge or bitterness or anger or hatred toward that person, we will not forgive them. We don't receive from the Lord his forgiveness, which is a restoration for us to be in the position before we ever committed the sin of non-forgiveness. When we have that forgiving spirit, we then experience a lot. We experience a conscience that becomes more clean. We, we, we experience a guiltlessness regarding that person because we have now released them for the damage they tried to do to us or maybe even did to us. We've released them to God. We've forgiven them. Once that happens now, you then unleash the fruit of the Spirit in your life where now love takes on another level, where peace takes on another level, where joy takes on another level, where kindness takes on another level, where even the ability to suffer long cheerfully takes on another level because now you have released that unforgiving spirit that you had. You've given it to the Lord. You've obeyed Him. He's forgiven you. He's cleansed you from all unrighteousness. So now you experience that which you really want to experience all along, but often we don't because we won't deal with that sin of unforgiveness. So then for the rest of our life, we're doing nothing more than, as a Christian now, managing our sin. We're, we're managing our life, trying to do everything, but it's not sustainable because we've lost the power that we could have had once we've forgiven. Because that also fled. When we regard that iniquity in our heart. Tremendous amount of benefits, but also tremendous amount of consequences. Let me read to you something that's coming from a Michael McCullough. Director of Research for the National Institute for Healthcare Research. He says this, When we allow ourselves to feel like victims or sit around dreaming of how to retaliate against people who have hurt us, these thought patterns take a toll on our minds and on our bodies. I don't want to speak to that. I want to give you what unwillingness will affect in our life. Uh, unwillingness to forgive will affect in our life. Let's talk about it emotionally. Emotionally, when I do not forgive someone, it makes it easier for me to engage in things like slander, gossip, resentment. Are you ready for this? Road rage. Because the road rage anger that happens to us is an emotional response. I, it's a choice. We can make the, do I want to get angry? But it's an emotional, and sometimes it's so quick that we, we, we deal with this anger. Now, you might say, well, I, I don't, I don't, it, it erupts once in a while. Yeah, it's that once in a while. Anger is something that the older you get in, as a Christian in Christ, in, in Christ as a Christian, you've learned how to manage your, your emotions and you shove it down like ping pong balls under the water in your backyard swimming pool. And you got them underwater because you're managing those ping pong balls. But eventually, you can't manage it all the time as effectively, and those ping pong balls will pop up from underwater and kind of pop up through the surface. And that little pop up through the surface is a very angry word to your mate. Yet your mate never offended you, but you're carrying all that junk from the past. It's how you drive your car when someone cuts you off and how severe and how long you've tried to push it down without getting rid of the ping-pong balls will show how detrimental it is to you and me emotionally. People who forgive have better mental health than those who don't. You have lower amounts of anger, fewer symptoms of anxiety and depression. 
often when I deal, by the way, I'm not speaking like this preacher talk out of some book somewhere. Um, we had the largest Christian counseling center in San Antonio, Texas. We had a, a battery of biblical counselors, not just Christian counselors. So we were in this world dealing with these kinds of people. So when I say when you have this, this, this lack of forgiveness, it will show up in anxiety and depression. And when the people came in with that, I wouldn't say, oh, don't worry about it, get over it, do something nice for them. I'd say, let's take it to Scripture. And what does Scripture have to say about all that that's going inside? And let's handle it from a biblical point of view. Their anxiety was minimized, sometimes obliterated. Their depression was now gone because they were carrying this burden that was so subconscious they, they didn't know why until we opened it up and unpacked it and they dealt with it and they got rid of it. And all of a sudden there was this freedom that they Let's go to number two, physical. It's usually wrought by bitterness. You'll see it by sleeplessness in your life. And here's one for you. Physically, when you unforgive someone, it's because you're carrying a certain degree of, of bitterness. Usually a lot. Usually denied, but still there because you haven't really gotten rid of it God's way. It's kind of like you have a stain on the carpet and you pour a little water on it. And you says, I dealt with that stain, but no one needs an, a harder, harsher stain removal to get rid of that stain. But we haven't done that. So it affects you. So when I have someone that's coming in that's dealing with colitis, knots in their stomach, perhaps some other physical things that's dealing with their, their insides, I'm not a doctor, but I'm certainly willing to explore the, spiritual, the possible spiritual connection from their physical to the spiritual, to this whole e issue of anger, bitterness, stuff they think they put a smile on top of, but they haven't really dealt with it biblically. So people who forgive have a better immune function. They generally have lower blood pressure because see, a lot of this still is connected to anger. And there's this general overall feel better mentality. Let's go to number three, social. I like to speak to this one because we see a lot of this if we don't have forgiveness. They'll be strained and damaged and broken relationships because they haven't learned to forgive. They think they have, but when that other person that does something that, that reminds the one who's been violated of something that's happened in the past subconsciously, by transference, they transfer that anger or distrust or communication skills or lack thereof to that, and that relationship begins to crumble and break. And they all, why? Why is everybody I, I try to touch? Everything I try to work with other people, I just, I'm always struggling in relationships. Could it be? Now, I'm not putting everything, all my eggs in one basket, but seriously explore the possibility and your probability that there's unforgiveness that's going on socially. People who forgive have and maintain more satisfying and longer-lasting relationships. No one wants to hang around with someone who is constantly bitter and unforgiving, or they're up and down, they're unstable in all their ways because they're double-minded on trying to think they forgive, but they really haven't. They haven't dealt with it, and all of a sudden, it's, it, they're prickly people. You know a prickly person like that? I hope it's not me, but they're, they're like that. And it's hard to be with them. Here's the spiritual one. Spiritually, they are unforgiven by God. Therefore, I think very carefully that they lack the fullness of joy, the inner peace. And here's one we haven't even talked about. If I disobey the Lord, if I regard iniquity in my heart, 
and I can regard it by denying that I have the iniquity but still have it. I'm regarding the iniquity in my heart. The Bible says he will not hear me, which means it will have a detrimental effect in my prayer life with him, which still goes back to intimacy. So we paint our intimacy with the Lord by all the, all the praise music we want to sing, all the feel-good times we're around. We try to uh, fill it with a lot of entertainment or excitement or all of that and, and, and get our mind off of this stuff. But after the dust settles on, uh, at the end of a busy day, and we put our head on the pillow and we can't go to sleep and our head is really spinning. And we're still trying to make sense of all of this. Watch what I'm saying now. This is going to get heavy. I then make wrong choices because I haven't dealt with this. So now I'm trying to solve the results of my wrong choices, whether they're relational or decisions about my life, my finances, my work, my career, my church activities, whatever it is. I make wrong choices. My whole world is all messed up. And I'm trying to pray myself through this thing, but I just I get a little prayer answered. I think maybe it's answered. Maybe I manipulated the answer. I don't know. And so we never have that intimacy. We don't really have that answer to prayer. And let me tell you, folks, I don't know how we, we say, we, how can we make it without Christ? Well, I don't really always buy the let go, let God. I do buy the let go, get God, all that. But then he says there's human responsibility matched to that. And there's a response to me trusting the Lord. There's certain things that I need to do. And one of those things he says is forgive one another, Stan. So I don't let go and just, hey, don't worry about it. No, I'm going to do it God's way. And so maybe you need to ask yourself, how's your prayer life? How's it going when you're praying for others? Praying for your finances, your fitness, your family, your friends, your future. So it could be wrapped up all in that spiritual dynamic of the same thing that's going on. So it could hinder your relationship with the Lord in a very, very real way. So you might want to look at your heart and ask the Holy Spirit to show you if you've been withholding forgiveness from someone for something that they did or didn't do for you. Let me end by giving you the fourth one. Again, for those that just tuned in, forgiving others is being obedient to God. Forgiving frees us from being in bondage to the past. Forgiving others comes with tremendous benefits, which I really like, but also, unfortunately, tremendous uh, consequences if I don't. Number four is forgiving others reflects Christ's work in you. And we've covered this already before, but I want to go over these verses again because I want to reemphasize it's the work of Christ in you that helps you to get through this. There's no amount of um, uh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps or psycho-cybernetics. If you think it, it'll happen, force yourself to make it happen in your mind. It's, it's all biblical, but it has to be by the supernatural power of Christ. Now, this is going to get so mystical for some of you, you may zone out. But I don't want you to be because now we're so close to the cure. So let's look at it again. Ephesians 4.32. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. So the question is, when did God in Christ forgive you? When Christ went to the cross of Calvary, think of all that he did. And then for a moment, if you can truly humble yourself, for just a moment, all that we did or didn't do, all that we said or didn't say, all that we thought or we didn't think, all of our crud that we've done, and one was enough, but we did a whole lot more from that, and God still looked upon us, and he would say, forgive them, for they truly, we don't know what we do. We don't realize how bad that is and how sinful and wicked that is and what it does to us in our relationship to him, but he still said, forgive us. Now, all that forgiveness is found in Christ. Now, catch me now. He then proved that forgiveness when he went to the cross and he paid for all of our sins. But watch this now. 
When I choose to say, I'm a sinner, I need you, Christ, I'm now fully trusting in you as the one who died and rose again. I don't bring anything to, with me to you. I'm coming just as I am. Here's what happens. He then saves us. He places his spirit within me. But other verses in Scripture add more to that. It also says, Christ in me, the hope of glory, the Holy Spirit that's within me. God is within me. All right, so I have now, I'm a partaker of his divine nature, all within me. Stay with me now. So all that forgiveness is right there. So when I now say, I can't forgive, I can't forgive, but he can. Therefore, I will. And when I do now, it's the work of Christ in me to then push it out onto that other person, and I can do that. Now, here's the real funny thing you're going to say, but if I do that, they're only going to do it again. Well, I'm so glad that Christ on the cross didn't say, well, if I forgive them, they're only going to do it again. He knew that. So accept it. They are going to do it again. Hopefully not to you, not to the pain level. I hate that you went through that pain, but maybe it took that pain and you being here and hearing this message so that you would even have a better relationship with the Lord and know the greatness of our God. Do I hear a witness on that? We need to hold that in our heart, folks. So I'm not here just talking about the past. I'm preparing a lot of you for what's going to happen when you go get something to eat today. And some jerk keys your car while you're out eating. Because we're going to have that in the future. So in Christ, I can do this. We are forgiven. We don't deserve it, but we are. We can forgive others in Christ. They don't deserve it, but we will, because he can through us. And I pray that we will. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and take a moment just to contemplate these thoughts. I, I hope more than anything in the world that you would understand how good God is. I pray that I did not say anything harshly or condemnatory. I pray that in my intensity of passion for what I believe so strongly from Scripture, that I'm wrestling with you in that pain, that hurt, the habits that you've now developed because you haven't dealt with the hurt properly, and how that you're still not fully fulfilled yet, and yet you want to be. I don't want you to ever think that you're alone. But God loves you. Spirit loves you. And all of us in this room and listening to my voice, we're all in this journey together. And we need to hear this message. Probably more often than we have in the past. Because we're really never more like Christ than we'll go forgiving. So maybe right now, just bear with me as I chat with you, with your eyes closed, so you're not focused on some speaker appear on the stage. First, I want to speak to those who maybe have never really understood the depths of Christ's forgiveness toward you. God loves you. He died and rose again. Cannot you accept that forgiveness? Whatever he has done is for his own glory and and you being in his forever family begins that glory of the Lord. And you get that by receiving his gift of forgiveness to you. Don't you want it? Here's a holy, righteous God who has every reason in the book not to do this other than he said that he will give it to you even though you're a sinner because he loves you. Will you receive that from him? If you will, then here's how you get it. Trust in him. He's a God who cannot lie. And with that comes his love, his grace, his power. Now, the real ability 
to forgive others because you have him in you if you trust Christ. And then an eternal relationship and a home in heaven when you die. Man, it just gets gooder and gooder, as they say. Trust Christ. And then I want to pray for any here who have been unable to forgive someone to this point. Ask God to show you if there's anyone you have not forgiven for something that's happened. For some of you, it's not an issue of asking God to show you. You know who it is. You know what they've done. That person's face is in your mind right now, and the hurt is just as painful or nearly as painful as when you first encountered it. That's understandable, by the way. Don't try to pretend you've forgiven them or pretend that you weren't hurt. Go ahead and own it. It's all right. How can a doctor fix you if you don't say, I hurt here. How did it happen? What can I do? Now the healing can begin. As that person or persons comes to your mind, ask God to help you to forgive them. Mentally, you know it's right. You know this. You're big people. You know this. But in your heart now, in that part of you that makes the choices, the mind tells you what to do, but it's that part of you, the will, that now you then do what you know to do. Ask him to help you to release that person from your grip of unforgiveness. But go beyond that. Ask the Lord to help you who love that person. Yep, yep, that person was an enemy in your life, may still be. But he says to love them. He says to bless them. He says to do good unto them. He says to pray for them. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.